time to play. Hello and welcome to the Cadaver Lab podcast, episode 9. I am Mike. And I am Sam. We are almost into double digits. That's exciting. People, I think, are actually listening to us still. Which which is a relief, because we <laughs> still like doing this. You know what? We'd do it anyways. Yeah, well, even if we just had to listen to ourselves. That's the best part of this. I know. I love it. <laughs> Listening to my dumb ass all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so, we skipped last week. Kind of. Well, yeah, well, yeah, we skipped recording last right. week, but we were late because of your emergencies at work. We were oh, late yeah. getting the, the episode out. We had a, Both of us were kind of busy, actually, last last couple weeks. Yeah, so it, it, I guess it kind of worked out. Yeah. yeah. Who cares? So uh, let's let's uh, start off the show by just talking about some crap. I don't have much crap to talk you about. You don't have crap to talk I about? I don't this time. Well, you know, actually, I was thinking that the horror movies are kind of rubbing off on me a little bit. Yeah. We have this dog. We got this dog like a few months back, uh-huh. and so it's a Los Opso Shih Tzu mix. And she's a cute little dog, but she has figured out, or she thinks, that she is above the pecking order of my second daughter. Oh, oh, oh so like, really? Yeah, so, so it's that specific? Yeah, so, yeah, because the baby, the second daughter's four, and the baby is, is like one in a, a couple uh-huh. of months. Well, the dog, whenever the second daughter picks the dog up, the dog growls at her and tries to bite her. Really? Yeah, so I, my wife and I just don't know what to do about it, because we're like, well, you know, maybe... My daughter needs to leave the dog alone. Right. And on the other hand, maybe the dog just needs to learn his place. I so, would vote that one. Well, and that's the thing. So that's what we decided. So I was just kind of watching uh, my daughter pick up the dog, and the dog went for it and, and turned around and bit her on the face. Really? And pissed me off. I went over, and I picked up the dog, and I reached for its head, and I was going to go exorcist on the dog. <laughs> and that's when I realized... I may need to slow down watching the movies just a little bit, or at least consciously know when I've gone too far. I didn't twist the dog's head off, so good news for everybody. But I, I felt myself trying to do that. Wow. So that's the only thing that really happened this week. You know what? I actually got a, got a chance to go out and see Quarantine this weekend. Very nice. Now, let's, let me talk about the movie a little bit. Uh, just real quick, because, I mean, if you've listened to us or if you've been on our forums, you know that I loved Wreck. And Quarantine is a remake of the, or of the Spanish-made Wreck. I didn't really like Quarantine very much. It kind of lost all the suspense that Wreck had. Uh, the, it was basically exactly the same. It was exactly the same, but it was watered down. Mm. It was kind of, I think the running time's longer, and I don't know why they had to do that. It's funny because the studios actually promised a different ending. That's what I heard. But it was untrue. It was exactly the same as Wreck. To its credit, I will admit that there's a couple of big scares that I got with Wreck that I knew were coming up in quarantine. You know, I, I was ready for it, and I'm like, oh, here it comes, oh, brother, right. whatever. So I don't know. I, Jeff, I went with Jeff, and he complained mostly about the shaky cam was just too much. He kind of got sick. But as far as the movie, I, I think he thought it was okay. Well, and I heard... I heard he a, hasn't seen Wreck. I heard a couple of things about it. Uh-huh. I, went, I went back and watched Wreck with my brother John. Uh-huh. The dumbass from Connecticut, the, that guy. Right. He he was in town this week, and so and, and so we went back and watched it, and he thought it was pretty good, not as scary as what I had made it out of. Uh-huh. But what, one of the things that it was talking about was that they overacted, like the the uh, the girl in quarantine overacted. Plus, it's it's that girl from the exorc- uh, was the exorcism Rose. of Emily Rose. Yeah, is she ugly or is it just me? That yeah, that? I I think I don't think she's I do not very like looking at her. For that long, especially when the camera's like in her face the whole time. Well, and they say she overacted, and that was a nice and thing she, about and Wreck. And she did. 
was it? I went back after I had heard that. I watched Wreck Friday Night again. Yeah, well, that that was with my brother John. All right. So after you had talked about and what I had read about, and so I was watching just to kind of see how the reporter does on Wreck, uh-huh. and she's she's just kind of there on the sidelines, but she's not like right in your face acting all the no, time. No, she was Emily Rose was really annoying. Wow. Yeah. Anyway. That's disappointing. Okay, but here's the thing I wanted to bring up, and I am going to resurrect the one minute rant for this episode. Yes. Here's the deal. We go to the movie and we went on our lunch break, you know, so it's like, it's like a noon showing and there is this group of bitches sitting two rows behind us talking through the whole movie. And when I say bitches, one of them was a girl and two of them were dudes, but, uh, and it was actually only the woman that was talking and the two dudes that were with her kept saying, shut, telling her to shut up, you know, whatever. And the girl's like, you know what? You don't tell me to shut up. I'm here. I paid my money for this movie. It's like, you know, I can it's basically inferring that she can do whatever she wants because she spent five bucks in a movie. And that's bullshit. That is bullshit. Movie talkers are probably some of the lowest scum that I Because here's the deal. The last few, let me let me talk about the last few movies I went to. That one was bad. The one before that, I'm only going to include like adult, not like adult movies, but one <laughs> not that I didn't take my kids to. <laughs> But uh, I go see Indiana Jones and the, the Crystal Skull. These dudes come in halfway through the movie. Obviously, uh, you know, their movie got out. They come in. They sit right behind us and just start talking the whole time. I almost got in a fight with him. Oh, really? Yeah. I walked by, and he stands up, and I just kind of scooted closer to him so he, fell, so he lost his balance and fell back down. I went and got a, an usher, you know, and the usher comes back. And he's like, well, and the usher kind of looks over to me and says, who is it? So I stood up and I pointed them out. I made sure they knew that I was pointing to them. In fact, it was funny because my wife and I went and saw that. And I even, during the movie, the movie wasn't that great. The no, Crystal Skull no, was kind of stupid. Yeah. So I'm sitting here thinking, okay, well, my wife's like, they're going to be waiting for you outside. I'm like, okay, maybe. Who cares? But then I came up with what I was going to say. I was going to hand my wife the cell phone. And I was going to say, honey, you need to call 911 because this asshole's going to need an ambulance. <laughs> it didn't come to that, but, but you know. Okay, and now, and now another movie I went to lately was, it, this is way more than one minute, by the way. That's, I love it. Okay, so we go see The Happening. Oh, and, shit. Oh, the Happening was so all dumb. Right, all right. And this one doesn't bug me as bad because I hated the movie so badly that at least this was exciting. Uh, there was a dude... And his, I assume his wife and a baby were there. And the baby was crying the whole time. And they're sitting in front of me. And, and honestly, I'm just kind of laughing because the girl was trying to get up and leave. But the dude was being such a douchebag, telling her to sit back down and, and whatever. And, you know, people are, I mean, I was, I, I'm the type of person in the movie that will stand up and tell you to shut up if you're talking. <laughs> and I did, I even did that with, uh, with the quarantine. And they ended up, you know chilling out after that but what was going on is everyone in the theater was yelling from across the theater at them take the baby out oh, you know dude just like look around for a minute like he's all bad and then finally you know it just happened for a while and, and you know insults are being thrown back and forth and i'm just kind of laughing and uh you know i'm i'm making stupid comments extra loud so i know that they could hear the, the people in front of me <laughs> can hear me i'm like i go to my what a jackass <laughs> <laughs> what what an idiot you know whatever and my wife's just laughing knowing that i'm the biggest douchebag and just completely would do something like that but finally 
So the uh, somebody goes and gets the usher. The usher comes out, takes him out, and everybody in the theater starts clapping. Oh, jeez. And he's like flipping the theater off. Oh, f you, f you. And we're like, you know, it, I was just laughing. It, that, but that was the best part of the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> going no to kidding. See that movie. You know so, what? Thank heavens for uh, for uh, reserved seating. I don't know if everybody has reserved seating in uh-huh. movies because I purposely now plan it out so that I am the the back row. Yeah, me too. And if it's not open, I don't go see it because I, I'm tired of people that talk yeah. and that I have to listen to them. What the hell? If, if what they're is in front of me, they have to be really loud for it to bug me. Right. But behind me, oh, it just pisses me off. Well, dude. especially, I um, <clears throat> actually, I went to uh, the football game this weekend and I found the perfect thing that I need to start taking to movies. A bag of peanuts. Like, you know, just full peanuts in the shells and everything because those make perfect weapons to oh. throw. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> you know, not too much. You're not going to injure anybody, but you can. They're still heavy enough that you can get a good trajectory and all that. That's stuff. a good idea. So yeah, so I'm going to start packing those. That's a really good idea. Yeah, that's you know. Plus, they're going to. I I really don't think that anybody in the theater is going to get pissed off enough to really start a fight. I don't know. Plus, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Plus, I, when was the last time someone started a fight about stuff like that? You never. You don't. I don't see it. <laughs> no. It's dumb. Anyhow, well, that's my one-minute rant. And by the way, if you are one of these people, I want you to change your ways now. I don't care if you think you're only kind of every once in a while or it's cute. It's not cute. No, it's not. It's not cute. It's, it's piss, it pisses people off. The only time that I thought it was funny when somebody talked in a movie was, I don't even remember what the movie was that I went to see, but one of the previews was for Captain Something in the Land of Tomorrow. Uh-huh. Oh, do you remember that I show? Do. I never saw the show. Yeah. But that comes out, and I think everybody around was looking around like, what the hell <laughs> is this? And right after the preview gets done and it goes quiet, this one guy down in front, and it was a sold-out movie, this guy in front goes, that's a rental. <laughs> yeah, and but everybody is, laughed. That, that was funny. That was not during the movie. You're that, right. That's that was good point. In, the, in the previews. And that's, that's a, I don't care if people talk through the previews. That's I really don't care. And you know what the thing is, is if you scare, I mean, if you have an annoying laugh during the movie, I don't even mind that. If you're laughing, watching the movie, you know, if you, if you have to whisper, you know, or something to the movie or excuse me, go out, you know, that's fine. As long as it's not excessive. And I don't, you know, you don't have to sit there with your arms folded, you know, and just be completely quiet. But you know what? Don't be an asshole. Yeah. And that's the bottom line. Don't be an asshole. I know it's tempting for most people out there, including (laughs) myself, but I am not a movie talker. I promise you. That's good. People out there, I'm so, I know I'll stop. I'll stop because I could. Yeah, I could we just could do a whole off. show on stuff like oh that. Oh my hell, I was pissed off. And the thing is, is you know when I when I don't say something to him, I feel like a big puss because yeah, you need to say something to him. Don't let him take advantage of you like that. But my wife never likes it because she doesn't like to get into confrontation and blah right. blah 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 blah. Anyway, you know what? I'm hoping this is the way the movie industry is going. That home theaters are getting good enough now that i'm hoping people will let you uh, in the the movie industry will let you beam a brand new movie into your box at home for that reason alone i hate the theater you know i even like going and getting a popcorn getting a soda and that's fine i like that but if there is a movie talker i get pissed yep <sighs> all right i feel better that's good <laughs> i guess i guess you I'm, look like you feel better oh man <laughs> i i cannot believe how pissed off i got about that but uh, that was I was going to bring that up on the forums, but but I don't know. Maybe. We can start on the forums it too because I bet soon. I want to hear people's stories. Yeah. Because I'll tell you what, there's nothing better than reading the forums and starting to feel my blood boil. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I start getting pissed, and I <laughs> like that. So go ahead, write down your stories on the forums because I want to hear about it. 
Yeah. And I want to say holy shit along with you. By the way, we the forums have been getting some action. That's awesome. It is. Sign up for the forums. We're having a great time up there. Yep. You know, Sign up. And it's kind of a pain in the ass still because I have to go through and, and approve every new account. Well, and that uh, brings up the cheater who guessed the death scene. Oh, that did. Now, now this is something that we decided to throw out to our listeners. And I will not bring up a name. Now, he checked our forums. And was like, oh, you know what? Nobody guessed it. So he sent me an email with the correct death scene. He, he nailed it. The right movie. Now, and he said, uh, you know, I'm, I just didn't want I didn't have time to sign up for the forums. Do we give it to him? Now, wait. Did he post it? No, he didn't post it. You, you have to have an account uh, to post it. He emailed me directly with it. Well, I think he ought to get something. That's fine. All right. But well, I, think, I think someone should have to post it, too. I was thinking about it. Yeah, I'll go in and I'll post it and whatever. But I, I don't know. Maybe we should make him do it. Uh, you know what? That's what. That's the right. Thing. Well, I, I if think you, so. You got it right, and if you would like your prize, then you need <laughs> to sign up and post the uh, the answer. Okay, I like. Is that, that fair? I, th- I think I, that's fair. That's fair. He's a nice. He's totally cool. Oh, sure. The emails I've had with him, he's completely cool. Oh yeah. And I don't want anybody. I just, you know, I just think. That, hey, we know, don't want any controversy going out when there's booty on the line. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I hope you mean Pirate's Booty. I do mean like Pirate's booty. booty. I don't talk old school rap All right. on the okay. podcast. Okay. <laughs> you missed that your mom's booty comment, didn't you? What the? Oh, anyway. <laughs> anyway, so uh, let us know what you think. I'm sorry to this person. You know who you are. But we're going we're gonna to have to wait till you sign up for the forums. That's, that's the rule. Yep. You know. Because we originally we said if you go back and listen to our episode, you have to post – the the uh, answer on the forums and then that's how you win okay all right wow i feel like we i, I feel like i've exercised the demons well, with good. that rant well let's yeah. talk about it you know what i'd like to do now is uh talk about a couple of movies that we watched or that i've watched over it. the last couple of weeks so i went out of town on business and had some time and uh <clears throat> you guys know that i'm trying to catch up on some of the movies mm-hmm. so i watched dawn of the dead mm-hmm. from 1978 mm-hmm. which Underwhelmed, which I'm gonna. People are gonna kick my ass. Well, here's the deal. I think it has been built up so high Mm -hmm. because I absolutely love this movie. Mm -hmm. It's probably in my top ten of all time. You know, but I will admit to you, I've watched it probably 15 times, and I like it better every time. And I don't remember really where I was the first or, or how I liked it the first time, but I know that I've I've gotten to like it more and more the more I've watched. Hmm. Anyway, I may need to give it a, another another watch, but I mean it was okay. Mm-hmm. But I think, like you said, it's it's one of those things that is so iconic. Yeah, within the industry, that when I watched, I was like, really? Yeah, really? Yeah. So I probably need to watch <laughs> it again. I took so much shit last week for the Doug Bradley comment that I. Just oh wait, know, wait, 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 wait! I just know that it's going to be coming. We got. On we actually got a lot of emails about that, trying to waste <laughs> Sam on that. We we got a couple of voicemails uh, here with the feedback. We're going to do feedback in a minute, but let me just mention one thing before I forget. We got we get a lot of emails, and I don't know. I mean, we get a lot of hey, great podcast and stuff like that. We love those. We appreciate right, those. and we read those. Yeah, we do, and and I respond to every one and of he, them. And Mike forwards them to me, so I can see. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we see them all. But I, I, you know, we don't need a pattern on backs on the on the show. Well, I, I think that we don't want to spend the time doing that, and that's what I'm saying because you know, we appreciate the love, but at the same time, there's stuff people want to get to and we want to talk about uh-huh. that. You know, we can't, we can't, we just can't read all those. Well, it makes me feel good in my heart because I do read them. Oh, I go to bed every just night on... just warm and fuzzy because of that stuff, so that's good. <laughs> I thought it was because your new pube do. 
sorry. Don't talk about bit. Don't give people you ideas. Know, I do. Oh, yeah. Jeez, dude. <laughs> We'll have, to, we'll have to talk about that later. Anyway, so okay, so um, other movies that that I watched, I, w- I went back and watched The Ninth Gate again. I love that movie. Which which originally you and I saw that in the movie theater, and you <laughs> know, again, one of those things where I was like, eh, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, going back and watching it again, it, it was very good. I love that. I thought movie. that was a, a well done movie, an interesting concept that hadn't been done before. And and I thought it was good. It executed well. Johnny Depp did really good. I agree. And that's another movie that I've seen a ton of times. Mm-hmm. I didn't love it the first time I saw it, but in subsequent uh, watches, I like it better and better. So, yep. And then uh, and then Malefique. Oh yeah, was another movie that I've I not watched. seen that one. It was good. It, it was. It's a French movie. Um, takes place mostly in uh, in a prison cell uh-huh. with a bunch of dudes in there and. Um, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I don't know. We can throw it out there. I, I, I thought it was good. I recommended that to Sam because that was one I was thinking about watching but didn't know if, if I was going to put in the time. I'm like, dude, watch this one. I'm sure I, I'd give great. that a red box. Would you? I, yep, I'd give that oh, a red good. box. So, so yeah, I did, oh, watch that. Talking then. about our rating system, too. Yeah. I've had a couple of ideas okay. about the rating system. Because right it, now we have the bone saw, the buy, the red box, and the don't bother. Yeah, so... I think they're, you know, the red box. There, there's another one we could throw in there, and I would call it like the uh, the AMC or the TBS. So watch it if it's on the. Yeah, TV. if it's on TV, just check it out. I don't know. If, I don't know if there's room for that in there. Now, Why I mean, not? That, that Why may not? fall. That may fall within the red box. For well, a well, the thing is, there's a lot. Like I'll even watch sci-fi movies sometimes if they're if they're on the two. Yeah. You know, but they're really shitty, and I know it, but I'll still watch them. All right. So okay, let's just say uh, AMC it. All right. Should that be our official? AMC yeah, or yeah AMC. Okay. That's good. All right, cool. And that was about it for movies I've seen this week. Yeah, I watched uh, The Midnight Meat Train, which is a Clive Barker, uh, written and directed. I think it was directed by him. It was It was good. I liked mm. it. It was good. It, the story was actually pretty cool. Mm. So I don't want to give anything away, and maybe we'll save it for a show. Uh, yeah, it was good. Mm. Anyway, do, let's get into some voicemails. What do you yeah, think? let's do it. All right, here's our first one. Hey, Fozzie, what the hell? How can you not know who uh, Doug Bradley is? You suck. No, seriously. You guys have an awesome podcast. Talk to you later. So I don't know who that was from, but that's that just was a fun. taste. That's just a taste of what I got this week. For I thought, I, Mike, I thought you were going to edit that out. I didn't think I had anything to worry about. I come back from my trip, and, and you're like, hey, here's all these voicemails, and that's the first one I get, emails from people. Listen. I am still on the journey, and I knew about Pinhead, but I just didn't know who played him. I'll tell you My what. My bad. I can't remember. We got an email this week, and I can't remember who it was from. I think it was from another podcaster. But anyways, he's like, you know what? That's kind of funny about Sam not knowing who Doug Bradley is. But problem will be is if he doesn't know who Doug Bradley is after your guys' <laughs> Hellraiser retrospective. I hope I so, said Doug Bradley, not Ed Bradley. I don't know who Ed Bradley is. He's, I think he's on 60 Minutes. Uh, who knows? <laughs> but it's Doug Bradley. Do you even know who... I, you watch 60 Minutes? No. Oh, whatever. <laughs> All right, let's play another All right. Hey, Cadaver Lab guys. This is Jay Emmett over at the Obscure 80s Podcast, and I've been listening to your show. I pretty much uh, started listening at the beginning, and uh, I have so many things to say. I'm going to try to boil it down and make it quick and make it easy and make it painless. First and foremost, for our own personal use, do you guys have a promo? Maybe you guys have a promo, and if you don't have a promo, make a promo. Then get it over to us, obscure80s at gmail.com. And, yeah, I don't give a shit if your listeners email us there, too, whatever. Um, and if not, you know, I'm going to make you a friggin' promo because we want to promote you guys. Anyway, 
aside from that, love the show. It's a lot of fun, and I think one of the fun and one of the, the, the funnest funnest is that a word. One of the best things about your show is that one of you is a horror fan, and the other, while you know, while you like horror movies, you you don't watch them as much. And it kind of gives a really unique and kind of new perspective. Also, I don't think you sound so much like a Muppet as I think you sound like uh, Scott Mosier from uh, the Kevin Smith podcast, Smodcast. So if you haven't listened to it, go check it out. I think you will agree. Anyway, um, I just really like your guys' look on things. Also, you're a little you're a little light lighter on – you don't take things so serious. You watch the movies and, and you have fun with them, and that's kind of how we are. Um, we don't take everything so damn serious, and, and we can appreciate a movie even if it's not as good, per se, as other movies. On the Creature Feature episode, um, yeah, I, too, really, really like um, Jeepers Creepers. It really creeped me out when I saw it in the theater. I bought it on DVD, and, and it's still, you know, I think it has a few moments there where it gets a little cheesy and a little over the top. Um but the ending was enough to bring it back around. It really creeped me out. Um, she told him, you know, all I see is you alone in the dark screaming while that music's playing. And as they're coming into the building, you hear the screams. And then as the camera goes through the building, you know, the whole shot with the, the creeper's eyes. Yeah, that's just spooky as hell. And and in horror movies, sometimes I like that, that not-so-happy-tied-up-wrapped-in-a-bow ending, man. It really adds to the freakiness of the flick. And so I like Keepers Creepers. I've never seen Rawhead Rex. I'm going to have to go back and watch it now, though, um, just based off of uh, what you guys say. And hopefully I will be going to see Quarantine this weekend. I'm sure by the time um, this plays I've already seen it. Um, but I'm, I'm hearing good things about it, and I haven't seen Rex. Um, I'm going to have to try to pick it up as well, though. So, yeah, just keep doing what you're doing, guys. It's it's a fun show. Um, I like listening to shows right from the beginning. Um, you know, I, I've been listening to some shows that have been on for going on three years. You know, our show's been on about a year and a half. And, you know, and now I've got shows that, that just started. And, and it's fun to slowly watch how people um, kind of develop their show and uh, how things get honed and, and everything, you know. But your show's been pretty good right from the start. I don't really have a lot negative to say. Um, but if you'd like, I could make some crap up. Anyway, keep it up, guys, and we'll keep listening. I know a couple of us over here at the Obscure 80s are checking you guys out. Like I said, get us that damn promo. All right, guys, Till next time, peace out, yo, and stay awesome. All right, so you have one vote that you don't sound like a mother. I'm so happy. Thanks, Jay. I really appreciate that. At least I sound like somebody credible. Scott well, Mosier, thanks. Yeah, do you know who Scott Mosier is? No, but he sounds credible. He's on a Kevin Smith podcast. Scott Mosier, yeah, I don't know him either. I, I was gonna make some shit up. Oh, <laughs> no. uh, that was a that was an awesome. Yeah, voicemail. we we really appreciate it. Like you said, like we said, we've had overwhelming uh, positive feedback on it for just a couple of guys to get together and just BS. I mean, that's you know what I have listened to the Obscure '80s podcast, mm-hmm. and there's four of them, and they're freaking crazy they're just funny they oh, just really? sit around and yeah just they they kind of have the sit around in the in the basement watching stupid ass movies just like you know, <laughs> kind of like us but with four dudes that are funny yeah no so. that's that's good no we really appreciate that and we will get a promo i am gonna work on a promo we've this been week. wanting to do that for a long yeah, time yeah we have but we just we haven't been doing oh yeah we just need to do it I'm i'm gonna do it all right you have sam's word yes 
I am going to do it. I am. <laughs> yeah. So you will soon be hearing our promo on other shows. Which will be awesome. <laughs> yeah, can, I already have ideas. Everyone, I'm, I'm excited. Everyone's out there is like, oh, shit, like we don't get enough of you guys yeah, exactly. listening to your show. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's All right. That was, a, that was a great email. Yeah, thanks. thanks a lot, man. Here is a voicemail from James. So let's, oh, let's go no. and play this one. It's going to waste us. I know. All right. Hey, what's up, guys? This is James Collin, and uh, just listen to the uh, Video Nasties episode. Or uh, finished listening to it, and I'm um, going ready. I'm calling you from work, so everybody left. Got the office to myself. So I'm listening to a podcast, and uh, great job. Uh, good pick on movies, and uh, really enjoyed the uh, kind of the explanation that Sam gave as well. That was good stuff. So, uh, But, you know, all of, all of those I've seen, and uh, – I think they're all good on a certain level. I would agree that the burning is kind of a forgettable one. I think uh, we would have been better served if Savini had done uh, Friday the 13th Part 2. But his effects in that are what makes it stand out, you know, and, uh, of course, uh, Costanza. So uh, that's good stuff there. Living Dead in Manchester Morgue is, is just a great movie, so I really enjoy that one quite a bit. So, um Anyway, you guys did a great job. Did I say it was a great four-man show? Two-man show is the way to go, man. That's that's what makes a podcast right there. Two, you know, Mike, Sam, two, pe- two people, that's how to do it. So uh, forget that four-man stuff. I was just being nice. Now you guys got it. So uh, And then next week it will be four people again. I'll have to be apologizing to everybody. But anyway, great show on Episode 7. Um, man, I'm kind of, you're really making me feel like the super uber nerd with the clip I sent, because I heard that on a little Muzak, uh, revolving loop, which I'm listening to now here at work, and I kind of heard that, said, oh, that's, that's from, you know, that movie, blank movie, and that from that scene, it, I, I knew it was. And I went home and I popped the movie in, and lo and behold, it exactly was. So, the hint I will give is John Carpenter. Okay, that's it. That's the hint. And we'll see if that kind of goes. The trick will be figuring out the movie, not what the music is. Uh, That's the other thing I'll say. Um, And it has to do with John Carpenter. So anyway, what, you know, and you could also think, well, what movie would James have seen so many damn times that he would nerd out over hearing a 30-second piece of music and instantly recognize what John Carpenter movie he was used for? And um, that he actually took this music and converted it to his keyboard synth synthesizer stuff and put it in a little segment in this movie. But anyway, enough of me nerding out. Congratulations. Uh, great job. Enjoy the show. Good job, Episode 7. And uh, look forward to hearing you talk about some of the movies next week. Jeepers Creepers, Pumpkinhead, Lance Henriksen, whom I have met, is a cool dude. And uh, one of the few people that I actually randomly met um, was cool. So uh, anyway, look forward to hearing about that. Anyway, take it easy, guys. Peace. Thank you very much, James. I still don't know what that damn music is. I know. Yeah, you know what? Uh, James mailed that to us. You could probably tell after after episode seven, but after we recorded episode eight, but before we uh, released episode eight. Yeah. And so... You know, I, it was kind of a long time ago. I was getting episode eight out, and I never had a chance. I forgot to kind of research it again. Yeah, once once I heard the voicemail, I kind of looked around a little bit, and Damn I still it. cannot. Even though I did Muzak and John Carpenter, right? The the clues are still so obscure. That I, I just can't Googled get it. it, and I I didn't yeah. get anything easy because we Gosh, don't want, we don't spend a lot of time on it now. But you know what? Give us one more week. 
Yeah. Because we will do it. Yes. <laughs> Please. <laughs> what and, he and, talked about a lot of stuff. What else and, did he talk about? Uh, great job on the show as oh, yeah. well, James. Really. Oh, we love it. Really appreciate the input, and then uh, and then really you know enjoy. I checked out uh, some of your um, podcast on Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah. Found it very informative. I mean, I had no idea about. I've some listened of that stuff. to. I think uh, he's done two of those. I think so far, and I've listened to two of them. At oh, least. Okay. And I typically, you know, he may have just put. He usually puts them out uh, Monday night. Mm. And so he probably has a brand new one out now that I just haven't updated because yeah, we record Mondays. Yeah, I need Monday to get nights. that. Anyway, so. oh James is awesome. Yeah. He's been good to us. Yeah, that's for sure. Oh, oh, I thought it was funny that he mentioned about the four dudes going down to two. <laughs> You're not going to need to apologize to anybody. In fact, uh, you want to play? Uh, we actually Jeff was was going to start putting in news. Uh, oh, yeah. clips for us. Do you, uh, let's play his news thing it. real let's quick. Do it. Yeah, that's what we got. Yeah, nice job, Jeff. Shit. <laughs> you know what, Jeff? You almost crossed us to the point where we're going to come and have to get you. <laughs> I'll kill you. That's right. All right. Let's get in. Uh, we have a couple more emails or voicemails. Okay. Quick. Hey, guys. This is Otter from Michigan. Um, I guess I'm a new guy on the forum. I signed up last night. Don't know if I've gotten approval yet, but yeah, I just wanted to say a few things uh, about the Hellraiser series. Um I like to think the Hellraiser series ended after Part 4, Bloodlines. Uh, you know, the first two were nice. I like how they had the kind of connecting storyline, like the next day thing, kind of like Halloween 1 and 2. Uh, part 3 was pretty upstanding, and 4 really wrapped it up. And as you mentioned uh, before, the last three or four or whatever it was um, really weren't meant to be Hellraiser movies. You just kind of crowbarred them in there. Jeez, were those not so great like do you really need to spend three weeks on the hellraiser series can't you just do it in two but you know the fifth one's not bad gets the return of the girl from the first two movies and you know some weird twists but uh, the ones after that aren't bad it's kind of interesting to hear they're remaking it and that clive barker himself is actually remaking it and with today's computer technology and movies who knows what it might have and hopefully doug bradley will again be pinhead but um, other than that, really liking the show, guys. It's uh, pretty good. I've I've listened to some of the other horror ones. Well, they're not bad. Uh, the zombie one, I, I'm quite a big fan of the zombie series movies. Um, I don't know if you guys have had a chance to check out the Walking Dead comic book series. It's outstanding, like, zombie apocalypse story. It's been out for a couple of years. It's out in trade paperbacks. Check it out. And, uh, dude, don't uh, don't hide your love from the world of King Diamond. I mean... Who is better out there than the King? I've seen the guy alive a couple times, and come on. If Kevin Smith will, you know, put references to King Diamond three times in one movie, I'm talking about Clerks 2, you know, if he can express his love for the King, why can't you? So uh, keep up the good work, guys. And just an idea for down the line, how about a best of Tom Savini horror movie things with some of the great, work that he's done in horror movies. I know you guys talked about the burning uh, on uh, last week's thing, but, you know, Tom has done some great work, and, you know, he was good. So keep up the good work, guys. Bye. Otter from the forums. Dominated. Nice work, man. Yeah, we appreciate you getting up on those forums. And setting up uh, today's today's shows and the topic. I mean, that that saves us. People understand what's going on with that and, and kind of the next couple weeks you know what i'm actually stoked for the for the 
remake of Hellraiser. When is that supposed Probably, to come out? I, I, I'm not exactly sure. I guess I, we could look it up real quick. But I'm actually more excited about that than I am about a lot of remakes that we've yeah. that we've uh, you know been treated to or that are coming up. Especially since Clive Barker is going to have a lot to do with it. Mm-hmm. One of the things uh, that we're going to talk about today was um, you know Clive you know had some limitations of budget. So he, you know, kind of cut some corners where he had to. I mean, he had no other choice. You know, with a lot of it was with the special effects. You know, at the end of Hellraiser one, there's some kind of cartoony effects, but hopefully, with this new one, it will just be awesome and brutal. Well, and that's the thing with the technology and the way the movies have gone. I mean, t- for me to watch these shows, yeah. they were shocking, yeah. and this was 20 years ago, right? So I can't even imagine what's coming out it's or what's be, on the horizon. It's going to be great. Oh my gosh! You know what? And he also mentioned about the last couple of uh, Hellraiser <laughs> sequels do blow a big one. I'm looking forward to talking about him. Then. Oh, me too. But we the, will make some. But here, here's the deal. He he thought he's like, do you really need to have a whole episode of that, dude? We are already way going way long, and we haven't even started talking about Hellraiser one and oh, two yet. Nice. We'll have enough stuff to talk about, even though they suck. Yeah. But anyway, no. Thanks for the call in, man. Let's uh, go to our next one from Corey. All right. Hey there, Mike and Sam. This is Corey from the Midnight Podcast. I just wanted to share with you an amusing little anecdote about Hellraiser. Now, I'm a huge fan of the Hellraiser series, at least what I've seen of it, which is just the first four of them. Five, six, seven, and eight, I have them, I own them, but I just haven't taken the time to watch them. So, but I really love the first four. Um, And back in, oh, it was like probably what, 95, 96, 97, I think, around there, whenever Hellraiser 4, Bloodline, came out, I missed it in the theater And I was really excited when I heard it had been issued on VHS at the time. So my friends and I, we were back from college for the summer. And one night we had nothing to do. So we're like, hey, Hellraiser 4 is out. We can rent it. So let's go do that. And that's what we'll do tonight. We'll hang out and have a good time. So we went to our little video rental store, the only one that we had in our small town. And got there. And Hellraiser 4 Bloodline was all rented out. There were none left. Now, fortunately, somebody that we knew from high school was working there. And, uh, you know, I'd consider him a friend, although we always kind of took him as a bit of a dumbass. Um, And uh, just to protect the innocent here, we'll refer to him as Claude. So, anyhow, we go up to the desk where Claude is working, and we say, Hey, man, we noticed you're all rented out of Hellraiser. Um you know, why don't you give us that secret employee copy that you keep in the back? And of course, we didn't know if that was actually true or not, if they had an employee copy in the back. But, you know, we were just trying to see what we could come up with. And he said, oh, I don't know what you're talking about, man. I, you know, we'd, we're all rented out. We don't have any more. And we said, come on, Claude. Come on. We know you got one back there. Come on. And we kept egging him on, egging him on. And eventually he, he gives up and he's like, all right. I'll go in the back, just give me a second, let me see what I can do. So, he goes to the back, and a minute later, comes back out, waving this copy of Hellraiser Bloodline in his hand. And he says, you know, you're lucky that my manager isn't here tonight. I'm not supposed to let this out under any circumstances. This is the copy that we play on our monitors around the store. It's not supposed to leave the building, so make sure you bring it back first thing in the morning. And we're like, Claude, you're the best, man. You know, we owe you one. That's wonderful. So Claude gives us the movie and we leave. We didn't even have to pay for it. It was awesome. 
So we take it and watch it. And of course it had the little running ticker across the bottom, you know, something about being a promotional copy, blah, blah, blah. But whatever. I mean, it was fun. We got to see it and it was free and whatever. And well, we never took it back. <laughs> Claude was a dumbass. And he did end up getting in trouble, I guess. But I mean, it didn't cost him his job or anything, but <laughs> we sure got him. So that's my story about Hellraiser. I can't wait to hear what you guys have to say about it because it's a fantastic series. And uh, I know you guys are, are really going to come up with some interesting things to say. Can't wait to hear your take on it. Keep up the good work, guys. Appreciate it. Uh, talk to you later. <laughs> Corey, you are a bastard. <laughs> You are a mean bully. That is All Claude wanted was some approval from the cool kids, <laughs> and you crossed him. Oh. He can't even watch that movie anymore. Every time he does, he remembers about the, the big jerks that came and How do you that. decide not to take it back? <laughs> I mean, seriously. You're like, man, this guy just did us an awesome favor. We got it for free. And what do you do after you, after you don't watch it? Uh, I'm just going to screw this guy. <laughs> well, he said it. He goes, well, yeah, Claude's a dumbass. <laughs> How hard would it have been just to take it back? That's yeah. hilarious. You know what? Oh, man. Wow. I love it. That's funny. Thanks, man. Thanks for the the audio clip. That wasn't even a voicemail. He actually yeah. recorded that himself. That and was sent it good in. quality. That was awesome. Wow. We're really far into this. Sweet. Let's get to our topic. Let's do it. Should we play a song? I think we, need to, I think we need to play a song.
it. We came. It's just a Oh no. It is a means to summon us. Explorers in the further regions of experience. Demons to some, angels to others. It was a mistake! I didn't, I didn't mean to help, but it, it was a mistake! You can go! Go We can't. Not alone. You solved the box. We came. Now you must come with us. Taste our pleasures. Tears, please. It's a waste of good suffering. Let's get into it, man. Okay. Hellraiser came out in 1987. It was based on the book called The Hellbound Heart, which Sam and I have actually both read. Which is awesome. Which is, it? you know, it's actually just a short story. Yep. What I mean, what, it was probably only 100 and some odd pages long, but it was great. I think it's, it's, it's necessary reading for people who enjoy the Hellraiser franchise because it really <laughs> sets the tone of the mythology. Well, and not to mention, it, 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 there are differences between the book and the movie. And I love both of them, and I'm not one of those dudes that are like, ah, the book's always better, blah, blah, blah. But the book was very descriptive mm-hmm. and brutal, mm-hmm. and it's only 100 and some odd pages. Yeah. You know, I read it in like a night, Yep, a couple nights. The movie Hellraiser actually came out in 1987. Uh, right now, it's got a 7.0 on the IMDb. Uh, like I said, written by, by Clive Barker, who did the book and the screenplay, directed by Clive Barker, a budget of 900000 and it uh, has earned over $20 million. So he believed in this. You can tell because he did all those things. This was his baby, it seemed like. And uh, wrote, directed, put it out. Let's go over the, uh, the synopsis real quick. And Sam gave me a lot of shit because I, <laughs> I, wanna be, I don't want to forget anything in this synopsis because it is a great... I mean, let's go over the synopsis and maybe talk a little bit about uh, the, how the book differs from the okay. movie. But let's go over the movie. First of all, the, the show opens up. In a seedy, what, coffee bar or something like that in Morocco, a guy named Frank Cotton, who is is sitting across the table from a weird Chinese guy. And uh, uh, basically, they're talking about it, and Frank explains that he wants to feel pleasures of the flesh. I can't remember if he actually explains it at that part, but basically, that's what, ha- that's what he wants. So this Chinese guy gives him the box. He actually pays for the puzzle box. Uh, Frank goes home, starts messing around with this puzzle box. Uh, he solves it in the attic of his family home. Basically, the second he solves it, chains come tearing out of the box and ripping his flesh apart. Anyhow, after he gets all ripped apart, a group of demons show up called the Cenobites, and uh, they start kind of messing around with Frank's remains. They they kind of put his puzzle ba- or his face back like together like it's a puzzle on the ground. That's kind of a funny part. 
and the lead Cenobite, which we which will eventually be known as Pinhead, but in this movie it was actually just the lead Cenobite. Uh, it takes the box, it goes back into its unsolved state, and uh, the attic where Frank solved that just returns to normal. Well, basically, Frank's brother Larry and, La- and Larry's second wife Julia decide to move into this house. Now, we don't know how long it's been. It's been a little while, at least. Anyway, and they also are there with, his, with Larry's daughter named Kirsty, uh, but she decided not to stay with him in the house. She actually got her own room, but in the same vicinity. Everyone who moved into this house it was unaware that Frank had been killed in this attic, that that had even gone on, but they knew he'd been there because you know he had a little bed set up. He had photos of him and maybe some of his exploits in boxes and there was rotted food and you know the the house was just a mess when they moved in larry and uh, julia were just going to come in kind of fix it up and live there uh, larry doesn't know is that julia and frank had a short affair uh or as sam would call it a tryst yeah i learned that word from sam today (laughs) a week before julia and larry's wedding but she still went through with the the wedding to larry because he was kind of the stable one while frank was the wild and alluring you know, kind of the mysterious one is our moving in. Larry cuts his hand as he's moving in a mattress on a nail that's kind of coming out of the wall. Well, Julia happens at this time to be up in the attic reminiscing over old, the torrid love affair that Frank and Julia had uh, experienced. But so Larry comes up and he's bleeding all over the floor. Julia kind of takes care of Larry and they kind of go down. What we don't know or what they don't know is that blood actually seeps through the floorboards and kind of resurrects, nourishes the remains of Frank. You can see him starting to be put back together, except for at this point he is just half, uh, he's just a hideous monster. No skin, you know, no, his muscles are in there. He's kind of, a, kind of a slimy skeleton almost at this point. Anyhow, Julia eventually goes back up there and finds this Frank character. And, uh, you know, Frank, it takes some convincing to Julia that Frank is actually who he says he is. Frank actually convinces Julia to bring more offerings so that Frank can finish his nourishment and, and become whole again. So what does Julia do? She starts bringing in dudes. She promises them a wild afternoon. When they get there, she hammers them in the back of the head. They get knocked out. And then the freaky Frank starts just take just going off, just freaking it's gross what they do but anyway so he ends up getting basically all resurrected all regenerated except for he doesn't have any skin but one thing he does tell julia is the fact that because this has happened he has broken his deal with the cenobites and the and the deal was is that they will allow him to feel out of this world pleasure for you know for his soul i guess Anyway, so they break that so he knows that the Cenobites are going to be after him. One night, Kirsty catches Julie in the act of taking another guy home for Frank. She uh, kind of follows him in there. She And Kirsty, who is the daughter, actually finds the box, uh, has a scuffle with Frank, and then throws the box out the window. And uh, she runs out. She gets loose. She, she, she grabs the box because Frank was... She got the feeling that that was a very important item to Frank and she gets it and she's walking around town after that. She's in shock and she ends up passing out Well, she ends up waking up in a hospital. Thought it was a dream, but lo and behold, there's the puzzle box. She starts messing around with the box in the hospital and she solves it. So the Cenobites show up, by the way, did you know Cenobites is just basically a generic term for 
somebody, I have it, I have it right here, a member of a religious group living together in a mo- monastic community. No. Yeah, it's, it's, I always thought that it was like the name of so these specific demons. So but there's real not. Cenobites out there. <laughs> wow, wow, yeah, that's, that, that's a scary thought, I guess. Yeah. Anyhow, she solves it. The Cenobites show up. Of course, they think that they're going to take her out, but she offers them a trait. She says, by the way, do you know a guy named Frank Cotton in there? In there? Like, of course we do. We just wasted him. Except for they said it a lot scarier. <laughs> but uh, so she says, he's alive. I will show you where he is if you leave me alone. You know, and, and because apparently it's, you know, it, it's kind of a slap in the face to these demons that somebody got away, that someone's still alive. But they're like, you know, we're going to have to hear it. We're going we're gonna to have to have it proven to us. And th- this is one of the greatest lines of the movie. And maybe I can get Sam to say it. Because once uh, Pinhead was talking to her, and uh, he was worried about that she was just kind of messing around with him. What, what does he say? I don't remember. And, it, and if you're messing with us. Oh, oh, yeah. And if you mess with us, we will explore your flesh. You wish. We'll tear your soul apart. They said that lots of awesome stuff. <laughs> that, that, this movie had tons of awesome lines in it. Yeah. Anyhow, so let's just finish this off real quick. So they go back to the house. Uh, what has happened is uh, Larry's come home. Frank is, a, 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 unbeknownst to, we're going to spoil this, by the way, unbeknownst to Kirsty, Frank has taken Larry's skin and is wearing Larry's skin. So Kirsty goes home looking for her dad, starts pleading with what she thinks is her dad, but it's really Larry. Her dad is saying, listen, Frank's not a problem anymore. You know, we took care of him. And uh, she did, she doesn't really understand what's going on. She just kind of assumes that they killed him. But they end up in the attic again, and the Cenobites show up. And the Cenobites say, we want the man who's... Re- and, and actually, there's a body upstairs, and there's a you know a dead-skinned body. We want the man who's responsible for this. Kirsty assumes that they, they want her dad because it's, she thinks that Frank, who was real, or Larry, who was really Frank, killed the... Killed Frank. Is this is this all making sense to you? Uh, I yeah, because I just watched it. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> Anyhow, so Kirsty, of course, is trying to protect her dad. She runs down. She realizes that that is not her dad. That that is Frank. Of course, Frank ends up admitting. You know, kind of talking about it, just kind of uh, just in a discussion with Kirsty, and he mentions that he is Frank. Well, the Cenobites overhear that, and uh, they decide to kick the shit out of Frank. <laughs> All the while, you know, they were kind of in a fight there after Kirsty finds out that it's really Larry or that it's really Frank. They kind of get in a fight and uh, Frank accidentally kills Julia, who is then put on a mattress by one of the Cenobites and the puzzle box is put into her hands. Anyways, on the way out, Kirsty uh, Kirsty grabs the puzzle box, takes off, and apparently they think they're safe. That You know, that's it. Anyhow, so they go to this, I guess it's like a park where bums go. There's a bunch of little fires all over the place, and she tries to burn up the box. Well, this bum that we have seen here and there throughout the movie shows up, puts his hand into the fire to save the box. Well, he ends up uh, turning into a flying pterodactyl skeleton and takes off. <laughs> and that is it. That That is the thing. That was, that, I mean, that synopsis was a little more in-depth than we typically do. But you know what? I really just want to make sure that is we're talking about this because I know everybody's seen it, but they remember all the, the awesome story that went with this. There are actually a lot of awesome 
an awesome mythos that goes along with this movie. Uh, let's first talk about kind of the differences between the book and the movie. Why don't you take it away because well, I've been talking forever. No, that's good. I, I think it's important because we're going to be talking for several several episodes about these movies that we get this the, the foundation laid. The, the like we mentioned, the book is excellent, and there's there's a couple of discrepancies. I'm going to go over one that I kind of uh, notice in the book. Frank, when he calls the Cenobites and, and solves the puzzle box for the first time for the first time one of the things that he's after is to to fill everything mm-hmm. that's kind of the way that they describe it it's sensory overload well he underestimates what that's going to feel like so when the Cenobites show up and grant his wish um it, it's just overwhelming he describes it for several pages as to what he's feeling and what's going on no, for a long time for a long time about uh, this this sensory overload he can fill everything if you can imagine the most adrenaline you've ever felt the most just everything he he's the only thing his mind can fathom is i've got to release this somehow now mike in in being <laughs> sensitive to our audience uh-huh. i you know we need to let them know what happened but we don't want to just be graphic about it so you know he he ended up punching the clown or <laughs> I, I guess in the, in I the guess, midst of this sensory overload yeah, in the, or he he rubbed one out or he <laughs> He did the five knuckle shuffle. Um, he, he choked his chicken. Well, uh, well you I'm know, glad he, we're handling it he, with such kid gloves. I, I know we got to be really careful. I, you know, he, he he decided to rub out some knuckle children. But anyways, <laughs> he uh, so he tries to do this to kind of relieve some of the pressure with with no avail. So that's actually the way he comes back. It's not. It's, the blood spilled in the room. It's that something. The blood comes in contact. The blood with Frank's or Larry's blood. Com- except. Con- Anyways, the the main guy's blood falls on this doobage. Yes, on the spilled seed. Is that is doobage actually a word, hey, or man. is that something that we made up a long time ago? I've been making up all that stuff about, you know, whacking it, making some lotion commotion, all that <laughs> stuff. And it's funny because this actually reminds me, and I don't know if you know this Slapping or not. Slapping the one-eyed blue vein zipper fish. <laughs> I don't know if you know this or not. Uh, you probably didn't know at the time, but I had the uh, best-smelling, softest crank in all of high school. Oh, my hell. <laughs> I did not know that, but you know, now that you say that, it explains a lot. So, anyway, I thought I'd pass that on. <laughs> oh, my hell. And also, in the book, it's the guy's name is not Larry. It's Rory, and Kirsty is actually not his daughter. It's one of his friends. Now, I wonder why they did that. I don't know. I don't know, but th- those are just some discrepancies. And there were some here and there... I think the book was basically, you know, the same. I it's been it's been a long time since I read it, yeah. so I don't I can't remember all the little intricacies and the differences. But uh, so let's talk a little bit about the mythos behind the whole series. And I mean, we'll talk a little bit more about the movie. But now that we've gone over that, let's you know maybe it'll make a little bit more sense of of uh, what these different parts of the mythos are. The box, the actual puzzle box, is referred to as the Lament Configuration or a Le, a Le Marchand box. Who is that? That's actually the creator of this toy box. And we'll actually talk more about that when we talk about Hellraiser 4 Bloodline because that kind of goes through the history of this. Anyway, let's talk about Leviathan. He is the Lord of Hell. He's actually, and we'll talk about this also when we talk about Hellraiser 2, he is... Let let me read this right here so I don't screw it up. In the beginning, there was perfect order. Leviathan looked out onto his labyrinth and saw that it was good, lightless, and devoid of the stench of chaos, a perfect creation of pattern and logic, as was he. 
Did you like that voice? I might, that I might, was nice. I might do the rest of the podcast in that voice. That was the but, Ten Commandments voice, man. <laughs> thanks. But basically, it is this giant, what diamond-looking thing that has the same pattern on it that the lament configuration does. We don't know this until until two. part two, right? Yeah. So we have the Cenobites, which are demons who are just basically go out and they collect these souls. We we talked about the lead Cenobite who's Pinhead. Uh, another one in this first, in Hellraiser 1, was a female Cenobite. Do you want to, well, we probably don't have time to go into all of their background mm. r- right now. I, yeah, we just, we're going so I, You know, and honestly, I don't know what their backgrounds are because I haven't watched the movies well, should, all, all should the way they? through. Well, let's wait till we get to okay, it. Okay, okay. Well, I don't know if they actually do because I didn't know this even after. But anyways, we also, in this movie, have the Engineer, uh, which is not a Cenobite, but it's a demon that stalks Hell's corridors. And we and we saw it in here mm. when Kirstie opens up the lament configuration in the hospital. She, you know, when the Cenobites show up, there's actually a portal that's a, that opens up to Hell, and she's chased back into a room by this beastly-looking monster who is actually the engineer. And we'll find out, I think, in episode or the sequel number five. I can't remember that he is actually the creator of all the torture devices hmm. that the Cenobites use when they when they head back down to our dimension. And then finally we have the Puzzle Guardian, which is the bum that I talked about. Right. You know, he he showed up throughout the movie uh just as like one he he's just kind of a weird thing and he mm-hmm. he was kind of forgettable till the end till he saved the box and took off with it as a bony pterodactyl. But all right. The monsters, let's talk this movie. Let's do it. What? Go ahead. Go off, man. Let's hear you do it. Well, I like this movie a lot, and and I gotta say first, my first exposure to this franchise, I actually think I watched Hackraiser on AMC <laughs> <laughs> because it wasn't. Yeah. I, when I saw this, I'm like, wait a second. I thought I'd seen this before, and this is a lot more violent and shocking. Th- these are dark. Th- these first two, and especially the first one, I think are dark. Well, yeah, it just gives you that creepy feeling because, you know, like we talked a little bit about with the uh, demons versus priests. We talked about heaven and hell. You know, you don't spend a bunch of time thinking about what hell is like. And so right. to watch these movies, you start thinking, man, I hope, wow, I hope I don't end up with something <laughs> like that. Because there are some hideous deaths oh, yeah. and some horrible things. Even the Cenobites, when they show up, are just tortured souls that you can see visibly are just tortured. Well, and they look like they're walking around in constant pain. Well, yeah. They and, have their throats like are, yeah. are opened up and pulled back with like these, these metal spikes and stuff. Oh. You know, that, that brings up one thing that, that uh, Frank didn't know what he was getting into when he actually made this deal because they actually find a lot of pleasure in pain, which the working title for this film was Sadomasochist from Beyond the Grave. Mm-hmm. I don't, that's a little less catchy than Hellraiser, <laughs> I think. Well, I think, and, and you know, the reason why I like the book so much too, going into the movie, that I think you kind of lose in the movie is that with that pain and that pleasure, I think that uh, you know, people that participate in sadomasochism will, will tell you that those two feelings are very close related, and I think that they once they're experienced together, it heightens everything. Now, you know, I, I don't know I'll that t- for I'll a tell fact. you what. There, I, to me, there's a big difference between getting kicked in the balls and. Having your balls massaged? Exactly. Yeah, now that could be. No, I'm just, but but I think that, like we said, you know, originally it was sadokis, sadomasochists from hell or yeah, from, beyond from beyond the, the grave. grave. Well, they don't really get it in the movie, 
uh, like they come right in and they tear him up. Right. Yeah. They there's don't. no there's no pleasure there. So I think if you don't know the history, you're like, well, what what the hell? Why, right. Why would he even want to open the box? Why was he looking? Because yeah, it almost seems like oh sweet, I want this awesome box. Oh shit, I'm dead. That's right. You know why would he do? There's that? There's a reason why everybody keeps looking for this box. Right. Exactly. And, and it's because it's it, you're looking for the ultimate pleasure and it's this mythology behind it. You know. What, now, you, was there something really behind it? Is there? Is, did did Barker? Is there something behind this to where he, or did he just completely make this up? I have no idea. As far as I know, he made it up. Okay. It's dark and it yeah. is wicked. Oof. One thing about this movie, we just talked about all the monsters in it. We talked about the whole, you know, hell mythos. And this isn't the hell we're going to burn you up. This is a cold, dark, you know, corridors torturous. of, yeah, torturous hell. Even though we have all that, this to me seemed like more of a movie about evils of, of, of human beings. Well, yeah. I mean, you look at these people that were taken up to this room yeah. by this, you know, Julia. I don't know if you noticed this or not, but when she was fantasizing in the room uh-huh. about Frank, they, they show up a, a point where when Larry comes in and he's cut, she's got this picture of Frank that she's torn the head off so she doesn't see the other girl in the picture. Uh-huh. Well, when she puts that in her pocket, you can tell that she's, she's got a boner. <laughs> oh, crap. <laughs> no, but uh, she she's just, she's just a nasty, cold I mean, and she, she just and, and so she you've got looks this character, cold yeah, and, and they, they do mean. that on purpose. She's mean and ornery, and, you know. But she really, I mean, she's just as bad as. I mean, she's torturing guys, killing them with hammers. And, well, let's let's okay. Let's start with Frank. You know, this guy is so desensitized to everything that he is just searching. He, you know, he went to Morocco. I mean, I don't, I don't know. That's far away for me. You know, I mean, <laughs> I I don't need to go that far to find you know pleasure or whatever. But so he's he's scouring the world for this because of this lust that he has. And then he finds this cold Julia to, you know, after he's kind of regretting what he wished for, you know, he gets Julia, who is evil, basically, you know, to do all his dirty work. And there's actually a quote that I have that describes a little bit about um, Julia and and the way she looked in the movie. And this is actually from uh, a snippet of a Clive Barker interview that I actually found on ClivBarker.info. It says, there's no sense in which Julia is the heroine of the picture. In the conventional sense, she's clearly the Lady Macbeth of the film. Now, if I were smarter, I would know what that means. Anyway, we did a bunch of things with the way Claire Higgins was made up, the way her hair was done, and by the way she was costumed to suggest that she was more beautiful the more she committed murder. And she's not committing murder in the way that Jason is in Friday the 13th films, commits murder for just for the sake of bloodletting it. She's doing it for love, or I would say lust. Yeah. Uh, I guess she could love Frank. Wait a second. Did they say that was Claire Higgins? Oh, I thought that was David Bowie. My bad. <laughs> oh, yeah, no doubt, huh? It was. You know, David Bowie has been made up to look that bad. You know, we forgot to, to mention who the actors were in this. Oh, yeah. Let's go over that real quick. Uh, Larry Cotton was played by Andrew Robinson. Julia was played by Claire Higgins. Kirsty was played by Ashley Lawrence. Frank Cotton was played by Sean Chapman. And this dude had the most annoying hair. Was it just me? or I? Anyway, I, I will bring that up, but I could not stand looking at his damn hair. But uh, and also, Sam, I want you to take special note. The lead Cenobite was played by Doug, Doug Bradley. Doug Bradley. Uh, yes, thank you. I now know that. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, there is tons of tons of sites out there about this movie in particular. Well, I think that there's just you know it started. I think my jaw dropped when the rejuvenation scene happened. Oh yeah, when the arms come up and <laughs> and up through the. The basement when he uh when he's signaling a touchdown <laughs> anyway and when he uh and then when he comes up and then he gets thrust into the brain part of it and everything's yeah, forming 
I that that was awesome. I mean, that was it was really good. It was really intense, and you just you couldn't take your eyes off it. No. So and it, it was gross. It, is it was you're wondering how parts were going to yeah, work yeah. together? It and didn't it was grow conventionally. And, no, it was great. And it just it kept going with with him being halfway there, and then every time they killed people, there were parts where like he had part of a skull. Yeah, around right. his head, exactly. and then uh, and then the rest was muscle, and oh, it was just weird. And I think he was probably the the scariest monster in the movie. I don't, I don't know. I can't. I don't know if I can say because the Cenobites were horrific. Yeah, the Cenobites. There were four of them. You've got the teeth chatter guy, chatterer. You've got the sun gla- or you've got the uh, the pinhead. Oh, pinhead. Right. And then you've got the one the, that's like the female one that's got the things going through her cheek. Female Cenobite. And then you've got Rosie O'Donnell with sunglasses. The cha- uh, No, Butterball. Butterball. <laughs> and then, uh, so yeah, they're freaky. Just weird. That chatter thing. Ooh, yeah. I don't know scary. if we even need to mention this, but this movie gets a bone saw yeah. up your ass. I yeah. mean, this is, this, there, is, there yeah. aren't very many movies that get bone saws that deserve one like this one. Yep, this one definitely does. Definitely good. Anyway, so I don't know what uh, you got. Some extra stuff for there. Therefore, well, no, I'm just there. There were a couple of things I noticed that uh, you know to take a, one part where I laughed uh-huh. during the movie uh-huh. was when Julia was taking guys up the stairs. For some reason, one of the guys was like, "I, I tend to get lonely sometimes." I'm like, no what? shit. That's why you're there. That's right. It's like, why do you feel a need to say that when you're heading up the stairs to to go get it on? Like, he just interjected it somewhere. I, I started laughing because I'm like, that's just Maybe out of he's place. a little insecure. He, Maybe he he's a little be. nervous. He should be wearing those whitey tighties oh. like he did and just dropping. I think that was a different guy, but <laughs> it was still funny. And then the only other thing that I noticed, if I would have just listened to the movie, I wouldn't have been able to tell a difference between Kirstie's dad and boyfriend's voice. They sound like the same dude. Frank? You mean? No. Oh, 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 right. Her boyfriend. No, her dad and the boyfriend. They sounded the exact same. I think it's the same really? voiceover. Yeah. I, I did not. I didn't no. notice that. Uh, no, speaking good. of voiceover, how about Doug Bradley's voiceover when he did Pinhead Lines? That was good, man. It was great. That, they, I don't know how they did that, but it was awesome. In, in it, fact, the, the clips from the movie have has a lot of that in it. I was um, I actually watched some special or extra features on one of the later on discs. Uh, it wasn't this one, but uh, it was an it was an omitted scene where he just delivered his lines there. Let's just say that the voiceover makes a huge difference. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. It's just scary. Yeah, no, it is scary. Just the noises in the background and stuff like that. Um, there is a brief junk alert. Oh yeah. In in just quick when uh, they're in the bed reminiscing and he gets up to walk away. The mammary count on this is two. 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 Oh oh yeah, Julius. Yeah, you see her once, and then there's when she's looking through pictures. You see. Oh, you see one that. of Frank's old. Yeah. Right. You see that there. So. Yeah, and so are we done it's, reviewing it it's then? It's almost sad that we saw almost as much junk as we did tits. Oh, I hate that. Anyway. I hate that. <laughs> so um, I've got, uh, I've got uh, uh, who else, or no, what did I learn from this movie? And then also Six Degrees. What do you want first? Let's do uh, what did you learn. What did I learn from Hellraiser? Um, the meat puzzles can be challenging. Yeah, that no was sh- the first thing I learned. <laughs> um, that some pet stores sell snacks. Oh yeah, dude! Eat the crickets. The bum walks in and eat. Uh, takes a big handful of crickets and just gross. chomps. Them. Oh, it's gross. Um, Job of the Hut has a cousin, Butterball. Uh, yep, and Rosie then, O'Donnell. Uh, if you find someone's Rubik's cube, leave that shit alone. <laughs> All right. So those are things I learned. <laughs> All right. You know what? That those are good wor- words to uh, live by. Anyhow, I don't want to 
Some dude's sitting there and his Rubik's Cube's out. I'm not going to grab it. <laughs> and then, uh, so I got a six degrees, and I decided to make it challenging. There were a couple of steps I could skip, but I just went for it. Mm. So I started with Andrew Robinson, who played Larry. He was in Cobra with Sylvester Stallone. I just watched that shit. I love that show. I, I hate, love that I hate show. Anyways. Um, and so he's in Cobra with Sylvester Stallone, who was in Copland with Ray Liotta, who was in Wild Hogs with John Travolta, who was in Look Who's Talking Now with Kirstie Alley. Oh, my hell. Who was in Star Trek II with Walter Koenig, who plays Chekhov, <laughs> wow. who was in Moontrap with Bruce Campbell. I have not even heard of Moontrap. It's on his IMDb. Do you know what? I'm I, trying to go to different ones every time. I actually just uh, I just got this uh, movie called no, no no Sundown, A Vampire in Retreat, which Bruce Campbell's in that I didn't know. So I'm looking oh, really? forward to watching that one, too. Oh, that's too. cool. Anyway, I've not seen that. Anyhow, that, that was a great movie. Yeah, that Hellraiser, was excellent. Uh, that movie dominates. There is, I do have only one problem with it. Is at the end when all this magic's going on because the Cenobites are being sent back to where they came from? There's a lot of it looks like just cartoon special effects, and it's really crappy. But turns out that um, the nine hundred thousand dollar budget or one million depends on where you read it. It just ran out, and so basically yeah. he sent it off to this dude he knew, and it was like back in a weekend or something. So. Well, and you won't have to worry about that with the new one, the remake. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to say, because this should have, he should have everything available to him to, you know, realize this story. Do you know when the last Hellraiser was put out? I don't. Oh, I, it, not that long like a, ago. Okay. I was just curious to see how long the franchise has been going. Uh, there was one with, um, oh my gosh, Lance Henriksen. Oh, he, really? he was in one of the last ones, and it was yeah. only a couple years old, two or huh. three years old maybe. Huh. But, uh, yeah, it didn't have any budget. It's, okay. It was kind of crappy. We'll talk about that one in a couple of nice. weeks. Nice. All right. So on to Hellraiser 2. Do it. Then. So, 
Uh, let me let me drop some oh, uh, quick facts on oh, this yeah, real yeah. quick. Uh, IMDb gives the, this Hellraiser two Hellbound, which came out in nineteen eighty eight, an eight, uh, six point one. It was directed by Tony Randall, and again, it was written by Clive Barker, who did the story, uh, and Peter Atkins, who did the screenplay. Uh, a lot of the same characters were in it. Claire Higgins again played Julia Cotton. Uh, Ashley Lawrence again played Kirsty Cotton. But we do have a new character named Dr. Philip Chenard, who is played by Kenneth Cranham. And then uh, we also have Imogen Borman. God, these are hard names. Uh, I think who, it's Imogen. Who played Tiffany. Who, what's that? I think it's Imogen, isn't it? Imogen? Whatever. You, yeah. you could be right. But uh, again, Doug Bradley <laughs> played Pinhead slash Captain Elliot Spencer. And because uh, this movie goes a little bit back into his um his backstory but why don't you give us a synopsis all right so it picks up pretty quick after uh where where hellraiser one left off kirstie's in the mental hospital um they're trying to figure out what happened she's supposedly told the story her boyfriend's gone home um and told it well he's told his story and they let him go by the way can i mention one thing (laughs) i wish i didn't have to interrupt you for this but i'm giving him her boyfriend a kick in the balls he gets the kick in the balls. Number one for being a puss, yeah, because he just looking at. It. But number two, because he did that trick with the cigarette. Do you know what I'm talking about? Was that a dinner? Yeah, I looked away for a second. I didn't rewind it. What happened with that? Basically, he puts a cigarette and he like puts it all the way in his mouth and then puts it back just to show off for Kirsty. What did he can deep throat? <laughs> I don't know. Jeez. Anyway, he that if you do that, you get a kick in the balls. All okay, right, yeah, all right, absolutely. we'll go. On. So anyway, so so the police are interviewing her, um, and you come to find out that this Dr. Chenard is her doctor, and he's got an assistant and stuff like that. Um, and so they, they kind of go how she, she tells a story. Nobody believes her. Well, there's something about a mattress that comes up that, that they, the cops found a mattress. Right. And so with, with evidence on it. Yeah, with evidence, All with bloody. blood. So Kirstie tells him, you need to get rid of that mattress because – um, you know, that th- Julia was on it and she's going to go to hell. Well, all of a sudden the doctor, he, well, he's in the room and he gets this look on his face where he's like, oh my gosh, something registers. So he says, hold on a second. So anyways, he goes out, talks to the cops, whatever. Well, the assistant needs to go talk to the doctor later on, goes and overhears a conversation about don't deliver the mattress to the hospital, deliver it to my home. So now he's a little suspicious, yeah. ends up sneaking into the guy's house, finds that the doctor has brought home a mental patient to get down on the mattress, and the mental patient is given a weapon of choice and starts cutting himself to make himself bleed, which then lets Julia enter back into into the uh, to the world. Right. So from there, Dr. Chenard falls in love with Julia and wants to be with her. He's got a bunch of boxes and mythology all over his office. Um, he's got a, a picture of Captain Spencer in his office. I mean, he's got all this stuff he's been researching. You tell this guy's been in love with. Well, drawings of the lament configuration. Yes. He actually has other puzzle boxes yes. that look just like it or are very close to it. Right. So he's he's been searching for this, and you can tell. And so Julia comes back in, and so she tells him that she needs to kill people. And so they don't show all the killings, but there's, there's dead people hanging around. Obviously, you know, let's fast forward through what happened in the first one. We understand how that works. Right. So she's all she's back. Right. So she gets all the way back. Um, from there, there's a patient in the mental hospital, a young girl who doesn't know, nobody knows her background, but she's really good at solving puzzles. Right. Which is, you know, 
Very, very convenient. Very convenient that she can solve puzzles. Well, the doctor brings her in to, to solve the puzzle, and so she does and opens up hell, and then Julia takes the doctor in, shows him around, but the ends tour. up yeah, <laughs> ends up betraying him because the Leviathan had wanted him to come in, and so he ends up dying and becoming a demon. Well, and, and so, Julia explains that why you know why do you think that they allowed me to come back is, to life because I'm bringing them you your dumbass right which is which is on the clip that we that we showed so if you haven't seen the show which pretty much everybody has yeah, seen you've it. seen it but uh, but yeah she explains exactly what's going on there so anyway he gets hooked up as a I don't want to call him like, oh, I guess he's a cenobite now he, no he is a cenobite so yeah. he's a cenobite and he ends up searching around and killing people and. All this kind of stuff, and has a confrontation with the other Cenobites right at the end, where Kirsty reminds them that they were once human. Right, they end up dying or going back to hell, and and Kirsty ends up escaping with uh, with with the uh, the young girl. In the meantime, she's met up with Frank, had another confrontation with that guy. So, so the basically the last third of the movie is them touring around hell and seeing different tortures and, and things like that and then trying to escape and get out of there there's a bill and ted's uh, moment in there too as well where on bill and ted's bogus journey how they each like experience their own personal hell oh yeah <laughs> you know like ted goes in and he's sad that he stole his little brother's easter basket or some crap there was kind of the same type yeah, of thing same type of things I'm, going on you know bill and ted is scary some scary shit there was that death guy was freaking <laughs> so that's basically okay. it now you mentioned that uh the, the Dr. Chenard Cenobite has a confrontation with the good old regular Cenobite. Yes. This was because Dr. Chenard wanted to take over. He's like, you know what? I'm the man now. And this kind of plays in with what I think is the theme, uh, uh, one of the main themes of the movie, whereas we had the first one, Frank was very lustful. Here, doc, you'll find out that Dr. Chenard does a lot of things because of his pride and his ego. Mm. And I think that, I mean, I, I don't know if he was like, uh, if Clyde Barker was like, ah, oh, the first one, let's do lust. The second one, let's do pride, you know, whatever. But that it really seemed that way to me. Hmm. You know, That's a good point. I hadn't thought about it that way. The seven deadly sins. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this movie I thought was a good movie, not as good as the first one. What did you think? I thought it was, I thought it was as good, if not better, than the first one. Really? Okay. Um, I really liked how there were more... You saw more of what was going on behind the scenes, uh-huh. which I which I liked that they actually had to go down into hell, and you see more of the torturous stuff. Uh-huh. Um, you know, just on that point, real quick, for me, it's like the thought of what goes on down there. You know, that we experienced and that that we kind of were treated to in the first one, to me, was scarier than the actual what actually does go on down mm. there. But in in Hellraiser two, it was great because a lot of the mythos was explained. For instance, the Leviathan. You know, the the labyrinth that they talk about. Mm-hmm. In fact, I don't know if you noticed this, but Dr. Chenard was a was a, what, a psychiatrist or a, psych- a psychiatrist. Well, he also did some, you know, some brain surgery and stuff oh, like yeah. that, yep. too. And you know what he talked about? The way he would describe things was kind of the way that hell was laid out. Like, we need to find the deepest, darkest oh. secret. We need to explore the brain in its labyrinth, you know, its mm. eternal labyrinth and whatnot. And uh, because we know that uh, Cenobites are, have also been called explorers of hell. Well, and, and if you think about it, I mean, they had a, a lot of shots of the labyrinth from far away, like uh-huh. the people really little, and it kind of looked like a brain. The you know the yeah. pattern of a brain. I, I'll buy that. Like. There was so. a couple of uh, parts where I thought David Bowie was going to show up walking <laughs> upside down in that movie too. How we get a David Bowie reference? That's awesome. in Both That's of these awesome. movies. So yeah, I kind of like this one a little bit better. 
Yeah, that's really all I can say about it. Just just as far as that goes, I, I just I, I really to explore what what hell is and to have the tortures. You know, sometimes I watch these movies. And I'm like, who has the mind to come up with this kind yeah, of stuff? Because no I mean, it's it's creative, but it's also very shocking. I mean, you have a baby sewing its own mouth shut. Yeah, right. In this, and you can completely tell the baby's fake, but it's still shocking. Yeah. I mean, just even that that thought would be. Hey, we're going to show this to shock people. Exactly. Why would you go down that direction? Well, it's to shock people. <laughs> well, of course it is. That's right. This is hell. That's right. We don't want it to be nice. There is nothing held back in hell. And, no, there's and not. so I think to, to continue on with Hellraiser 1, this, this movie definitely did not disappoint. And, I, you know, the thing is, is I'm not, not going to challenge the fact that you thought that this one was better than the first one. I liked the first one a lot better. But the second one, it was, it was nice to explore hell. It mm-hmm. was nice to see, you know, kind of get some things explained. For instance, uh, you know, where Pinhead came from. And yeah. he actually finally gets his name Pinhead in this one instead of uh, the, I don't know if they actually use it in the movie. They but don't. In the credits, no, it, he's don't. named Pinhead. Whereas in the first one, he was the lead Cenobite. And it, it's wild in this movie to see the transformation from Pinhead back to Elliot Spencer, mm-hmm. or probably how Doug Bradley looks normally. Right. That's like, oh, that guy's scaring the shit out of me? Are yeah. you kidding me? Yeah. Well, and the other ones, too. I mean, the the Chatter guy, yeah. he was a kid. One, yeah, one little kid. He was a right. little kid. Yep. And then uh, the the um, butter Butterball, he was he was a big fat guy, which, oh. you know, you'd expect that, I guess. Butterball. And then the female was a female. Yeah. Uh, but normal looking, there. not scary. Yeah, no. Well, and, and, the, and the funny thing is, is if you were walking down the street and you didn't know who Doug Bradley is, you would not look twice. You know, right. he is, I mean, he's just so unass- unassuming looking. Right. Just looks like your normal nice guy. It's mind-boggling they can turn him into this scary guy. He looks yeah. like Red on that 70s show. He he does. Yeah, he looks like he's, that guy. He's all bald like that, too. Yeah. But I, I like the fact that, you know, we got a little bit into, okay, he was a soldier. Mm-hmm. You know, he was kind of doing the same thing Frank was. You know, well, yeah, and all, all of a sudden you kind of, you know, the guy's not as bad as what you think he is. Exactly. Just because he was a soldier, fine for his country, and yeah. And as we move forward in the um, sequels, we'll learn even more about him. Right. So I'm excited for that. Well, and I think you can take away from these movies, you know, if you want to do real-world application, uh-huh. you know, what you may be searching for and, and letting things go by the wayside and giving up and sacrificing for, you know, maybe you attain those things and it's really not as good as what you think they are. Yeah, and you just you wasted all that stuff. Exactly. exactly. Be, be careful what you wish for. I think that's really the message of what these are. I mean, that's what I was taking out of this thing the whole time. I'm like, okay, what am I chasing? Well, exactly. What is it that I'm going what, after? What and is what am really I giving important? Up? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Wh- so there were some horrible things in here. We talked about the baby. We talked the, the the crazy guy cutting himself. Yeah, because that scene was so long it and it was. was so torturous. Yeah. With the blood coming out and then Julia chasing him around on the ground. I mean, that, it was. It was sensationally horrible. I I, I got to tell you, I actually watched. I, I talked my wife into watching this with me really? last night. God, it just made it a little better watching her just cringe, you know. <laughs> because here's this bum, or I'm sorry, he was a mental patient who pictured that he had maggots and all sorts mm-hmm. of bugs all over him, and he would he was in a straitjacket when they brought him in because you know he would just scratch and claw at himself to try to get him off well of course dr chenard gives him a straight razor and then he goes to town on himself and it lasts a long time yeah. and the whole time i'm just like ah. i know oh, and the screams the yeah. screams were just on there that's on the the uh the clip too it's just oh, sweet it's just it's it's shocking you know that probably the best death of the whole movie was when dr chenard got it got yeah. ripped in hat got his head ripped off 
I mean, just brutal stuff, you know? He gets tortured before, and then the thing goes in his head, yeah. and his his altered voice was, was horrible. Yeah, it's, that sounded a lot, a lot like Pinhead, too, actually. Yeah. Except but for, it, it was like Pinhead as if he was sitting on one of those shiatsu massage chairs. <laughs> I'll tell yours all about. Yeah, exactly like that. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, one thing, though, at the end, when uh, I, I figure that the closest thing we can describe the skin like uh-huh. is is it's kind of like the, the skin off of KFC chicken. Where like you take a bite of it, except and for less delicious. All the chicken, all the all the skin comes off in right. one bite. That's yeah. kind of how the skin is when you put it on. Because when uh, Julia, or I mean uh, Kirsty at the end, puts on Julia's skin, it, it comes off like that. And I've never seen someone so happy after wearing someone's skin on their face. Like Ju- Kirsty's pulling that off her face, she's and she's already to- smiling before it comes all the way off. It's like I enjoy putting this you're, bloody mask. You're on You're watching face. the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and you're not. Your Gunnar Hansen's not grinning under there. I guarantee you that. <laughs> so those are a couple of a couple of funny things on there. But uh, overall, I, I think this was. I'd give it a bone saw, even though I didn't like it as much as the first. I will still give it a bone. This, saw. this one definitely gets a bone saw as well. There were two mammary counts in this. No junk alert, which is good. You know, I'm glad. You know, and, and we got to mention when Julia comes out of the mattress originally. There were mammaries but with no count. skin, so yeah, we did not no, count it. We're sa- not I, count. I let Sam take care of that, and yes, he didn't you. count it. Yeah, thank you. I, yeah, I'm not You're the ultimate it, so. judge. If you have, if anybody Ooh. has any questions, and you need to talk to the, um, you need to talk to the, the mammary master. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, 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 I'll put a judgment on it. You All just right. let me know. <laughs> so there are a couple things that I learned from this movie. Um, if you want to know if it's real blood, just taste it. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> it's like, what's good? You don't do that when she's pulling it off the wall. That was Kirstie who thought that she was getting a message from Frank. Or no, 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 from Larry, her dad. You know, it basically on the wall it said, "I am in hell. Help me." It was all disturbing. Yeah, that that was another creepy part. Yeah, of that it was. Too. But so she walked up to the wall, takes a little piece of blood off the wall, and licked it. What the? Yeah, crap? I don't know. I was just like, wow. I guess that's how you tell if it's real. I remember that. Um, <laughs> Not having clothes in your closet really pisses you off. There's a part where it's over dramatic. She's the boyfriend or the assistant's like, We gotta go. And and Kirsty is wearing a robe. She just got out of the shower. And he's like, We gotta go. So she goes and opens her closet and looks down and goes, Shit Like like the whole world just fell down because she doesn't have clothes Dude, in what you don't know about that is those were family heirlooms from her grandmother who is now dead. Well that could explain you it. You bastard. I'm sorry I'm for even poking fun at that. <laughs> Um, and then I also, I knew the clowns went to hell. I knew they were there. I knew that's what was going you know on. What? I know they all do. I do not. They, I, rem, I, mean, I saw the clowns there last night and I'm like, I do not remember seeing clowns. Yeah. Wild. There, there are clowns in hell. And the last thing I learned very appropriately and, and thankfully I now know what a skinless vag looks like. <laughs> that is the sickest thing that you have ever said to me. Hey, especially right after, especially right after you described it as uh, KFC. <laughs> That is disgusting. That is the sickest oh, thing that, that I've heard so all day. so sick. Chicken KFC wing. Skinless. Gross. Oh, my gosh. That's bad. Nasty. Okay, now I have a six degrees. It's here. All right, so I went with Claire Higgins, who played Julia. She was in The Libertine with Johnny Depp. She was? She yeah. must have been old. Yeah, well, I'm sure. I have not seen that. And then she was in Once Upon... Or Johnny Depp was in Once Upon a Time in Mexico with Antonio Banderas, who was in Original Sin with Angelina Jolie, who was in Girl Interrupted with Winona Ryder. I hate that you used that movie. Yes. And who was in Lost Souls with Victor Slezak? Who was in Time Quest with BC? She was in Time Quest? What? No, Victor Slezak. Oh, yeah, duh. Was in uh, Time Quest. Have you seen Lost Souls? No. 
Oh, it's good. Is it? If I actually if I'm thinking I... right, it's it, it's it's uh, Winona Ryder, right? That's yeah, what you yeah, say. Yeah. She meets the Antichrist. Oh, really? Yeah, it's good. It, huh. The ending's kind of abrupt and whatever, but I liked it. Interesting. Yeah. I'm trying to think if I did see that. No, I don't think I did. Well, it's if it's it's in the Cadaver Lab library somewhere. I'll have to check it out. Good stuff, man. So that's two movies, two bone sauce. Yeah. I, so what? Let me since you're the professional, um, predict what you think next week. I mean, we're gonna do what are we gonna do next week? Is it uh, three, four, five? Uh, yeah, let's do three, four, five because none of them have. I I think today we went over a little bit, and we're actually not much longer than we normally are. Yeah. So you know, this was this was good. But uh, so we can do three, four, and five. None of them really have the depth that one and two did. I think. I think. God, it felt like we breezed through those too. Uh, it felt like we really went right through number two. My yeah. synopsis in number one took forever. Yeah, that did take a long time. But then the review went quick. But that's good. That's good. Anything else you have for today? Uh, no. I just need to put a death scene in right here. Now you just take your shirt off, and the doctor will be in to see you in a minute. Okay. You don't have to go. I'm not shy. Now, don't be a tease, Brad. I'm still working, you know. Yes, I know. We're still having episode eight's death scene open. I'm sorry to the man until who, he posts it. Yeah, to, go ahead and post it, and we will you send win. you your wonderful prize. And by the way, those who have won in the past, feel free to continue to to guess because we have the Cadaver Lab prize disc volume two. And uh, just let us know if you've received one, just just to make sure, so I don't send you the same one. But uh, yeah, it should be good. We'll we'll make it worth your while. Well, at least that's what people seem to like it. That's good. You know what? Since since we're not as far along as, as I thought, I want to just take a minute and talk about a couple of things. that's kind of embarrassing to talk about. Oh my gosh! <laughs> was it my was it my soft and smell good comment earlier? <laughs> no, but that's the worst thing I've heard. Oh, in a that time. was I. Yeah, that was bad. Damn it. We really appreciate everybody's support that they've given us because it's unbelievable to me, that, you know, the positive reaction that we've got. We have a great time doing it. I know we've said it before, but we want to get the, the show out to as many people as we can. I would just ask people to go again to Podcast Alley and give us another vote. You know, the more votes we get, the more 
where people can become of us. And also, uh, if you want to shoot over to iTunes and give us a good review, if you want to give us a bad review, I will encourage you not to go there. But uh, You guys should see Mike. He's shedding a tear right now as he's talking about all the support. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's been great. Anyhow, anything else for today or are we good to go? Uh, no, this is this is some good stuff. Yeah. Uh, I think we picked a, a good franchise. we got a lot of shows lined up. We as do. far as what we're going to do. But please keep sending ideas. Um, you heard in the voicemail today to do a Tom Savini Yeah, and we'll add that uh, one to show. the list that, for sure. That's an excellent idea. Yeah. All right. And just like we do at the end of every episode, uh, please go visit us up on cadaverlab.com. You know, I completely forgot about some that we should have talked about in the beginning. Uh-oh. I just wanted to mention this. The Keith Latch, who wrote the book Cemetery Things, which, by the way, is awesome. You, you, I'll have to let you borrow that because that is a great book. Basically, he has started a new podcast. Go to iTunes, search for Cemetery Things. He actually, it, it's just his one of his books in podcast form. And I actually read part of it for episode one. James from the Dry Blood Podcast did episode two, I think. And then Vaughn from a, a podcast named Motion Picture Massacre which is actually a really great podcast. You know, we've never mentioned him, Vaughn I listen to that one every time one comes out. Oh, really? Yeah, it's a really good one. He uh, Vaughn's a really fun guy to listen to. Uh, but go ahead, and he, he actually read uh, episode three. But basically, it's just a couple chapters out of, of Keith Latch's book, and he's giving it away for free. And even if it weren't for free, it is worth checking out. So Keith doesn't want Fozzie Bear reading any of his stuff. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Keith, can we have Sam read? No, stuff? he's feeling bad. No, no, I'm not feeling bad. No, that yeah, let me borrow that book. I'd be. It's great. It's a great book. Yeah, well, first of all, just go check it out. Keith's a, not only is he a great author, he is an awesome guy, and uh, we need to support guys like him because he is actually adding to the horror genre. Whereas, you know, I feel like yeah, we have this show, but are we? We're just adding our thoughts about other people's stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not really creating anything mm-hmm. except for you know, I mean. Like it's fun. I mean, I listen to a lot of podcasts just like ours, and I enjoy it and I love it. But uh, the bottom line is, is, is uh, it's guys like Keith that keep it going. You know, that that actually add stuff for us to talk about. You know, true. So anyhow, go ahead and you can visit cadaverlab.com. Go ahead and click the contact link if you have any feedback for us, uh, or you can email directly feedback at cadaverlab.com, Mike at cadaverlab.com, Sam at cadaverlab.com. Furberger. Oh, I was going to say, we have not said that all episode. I have refrained on several multiple occasions. Well, you did. We did talk about a pube uh, hairdo. And, a pube do. Uh, a pube do. Don't give people my idea, dude. <laughs> Sorry. And you did talk about a, I guess it was skinless. That is not a. No, I didn't say skinless furburger. I said <laughs> skinless veg. Okay. All right. And as usual, give us a call on our voicemail line. You heard some of the good ones that we got. Uh, area code 206 Three three nine two seven three zero, area code two two six three three nine two seven three zero. And as Mike has alluded to, if anybody is an investor looking to invest in a new business, please know that uh, you know just as an idea out there, you know people get haircuts and spend a lot of money in the salon. <laughs> Why wouldn't you want to sport your pube do the same as you do in the salon? You know, I because do when 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 you want to impress, it matters. So if, any, if there are any investors out there who are looking to get into something that for sure is going to take off, <laughs> contact me. And that is it for the Cadaver Lab Podcast, Episode Nine. We will see you later. later.